the beautiful family of Shannon Oaks Church. We're revisiting once again this morning the series of messages that we have been in for the last several weeks, a series called Belong. And we are pressing in to God's plan for the family of Christ as we press in to, to rediscover the meaningful, life-giving, destiny-fulfilling, kingdom-bringing connections within the body of Christ as he ordained it. And this uh, very series taps into the core need of who we are as human beings, the need to belong and to have meaningful relationships. And we, uh, we're gonna open up to, once again to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, where we are revisiting the Apostle Paul's descriptive and creative metaphor um, for the body of Christ. And I say descriptive and creative because it both describes a reality and creates a reality because it's the living, breathing word of God. Amen? And this morning as we revisit these familiar words in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I pray that, that God would breathe something fresh into his word for you today. It says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Amen? God's word is inexhaustible in its meaning, uh, interpretation, and application for our lives today. And it's, it's just very humbling to never lose sight of the reality that what was recorded so many years ago by someone we never had a connection to uh, in, in the flesh um, penned these words through the spirit with your name as the recipient on the other side. To the, to the family and the body of Shannon Oaks Church. And, and we want to remember this morning that as the body of Christ, we are a diverse group of people whose existence is driven by God's spirit, committed to his purpose as we align with his agenda this side of heaven, amen? We are a diverse group of people. Um, I can tell that by looking across the room this morning. We are uh, driven by God's spirit. The, the very life, a breath of life itself is the spirit of the living God. And he is breathing among us today. As he leads, we follow. And when he says move, we move. And we align with his agenda to see his name be glorified, his kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. And, uh, and this morning, um, I want you to just personalize this reality one more time because your words have power. So I want you to look at your neighbor this morning. I want you to tell them, we are the body of Christ. Go ahead. We are the body of Christ. Now, look at the person on the other side. I don't want you to make them feel left out, but, but tell them, we are the body of Christ. I love it when God's family comes together. We have been considering the last few weeks the realities of what it means to belong because we acknowledge that you can be present with the family of, uh, of God but never belong to the body of God because belonging has implications that influence and affect our lives. And we've said over the last few weeks that belonging brings transformation. 
Transformation is part of God's design for his body as they exist together as a diverse people led by God's spirit, committed to his agenda, and and seeing his plans come to be a reality in and through their lives. God wants to transform you and not stagnate you as the body of Christ. The church family is not the place for you to get comfortable and complacent as we come together, but to lean in as iron sharpens iron and become the people that God has created us to become. His body, Shannon Oaks Church, is the vehicle that God has chosen to move us toward maturity in his likeness. You wanna become like Jesus? Belong to his body. There is no other way. This is what you have been made for. Every great once in a while, as I parent my children, I look up and I realize that God is parenting me just as much as I'm parenting them. God uh, took me into a setting with my family about six months ago where we had uh, sat down and enjoyed a, a, a great, delicious dinner at the end of a long day. And let me tell you, we're one of those rare breeds of families today that sit down together at the same time in the same place around the same table and eat the same meal. Well, most time it's the same meal. Not everybody likes what mom cooks all the time, but we're together as a family. And we had sat down for dinner this one particular evening. And as we finished up the, the meal time together, the kids anxious to go and, and have fun and play a game together, dismissed themselves from the table um, after Mandy and I agreed that it was okay to do so. And the adults continued in conversation for a little bit as we just kind of lingered in that moment of connection. And after that moment of connection had concluded, we knew that we couldn't leave the mess that had naturally found itself in our wake. I don't know if you know this, but eight people can't just walk away from a table and leave it spotless as if nothing had ever happened, especially when six of those people are kiddos. And so we, um, we looked at each other, Mandy and I did, and we knew exactly what was coming. And so we called to the kids, kids, come on, it's time to get this kitchen cleaned up. We gotta get things to put back where they go. And as you can imagine, probably because of your own personal experience, cue the moans and groans, right? Oh, dad. Can't we just leave it alone? We're gonna eat again tomorrow morning. You always make us clean up. Can't you guys take care of it for once? And as those words were just rolling freely and rebelliously in the hallways and the spaces of our home, I opened my mouth and without much deliberation, God began to speak through me to my children. And I'll tell you a little bit after the fact of, of how the other person in the audience that he was speaking to, and, and God began to say these words. Now, listen, son, listen, daughter. 
words that you're using right now of, of make me, force me, we always have to do this. Now listen, I want you to understand that those, that's, those are words that belong to slave talk. Those are things that slaves communicate. You're making me do this. You're forcing me to do something against my will. We have to clean this place up and get it back in order. And I said, I want you to understand, son, that that's not who you are. You see, you're a Godwin, and Godwins are not slaves. We're servants. And servants don't work because they have to. They work because they get to. And because of who you are as a Godwin, therefore, this is what you do. And I looked over at my wife, and her eyes were as big as mine, and I could not believe what had just come out of my mouth. She said, babe, you better go write that down. That'll preach. <laughs> and I'll never forget that moment in time where I was the child with my nine-year-old and our heavenly father was lovingly and gently but directly parenting me as well. You see, we as the body of Christ belong and therefore because we belong things happen and things come to be a reality in and through our lives so that we don't earn them along the way, but we overflow them because he is the way, amen? There is a reality that belonging to the body of Christ not only brings transformation, but specifically belonging transforms your behavior. And we as a church in the culture we live in today need to lean in and hear these words that you don't belong because of your efforts. You belong because of the efforts that Jesus imparted on your behalf. In other words, you belong because of Christ, and because of Christ, because you belong, therefore you behave. You don't behave in order to belong, so that when you fall off the wagon, when you stumble in your walk, when you feel like you have failed to behave in a certain way, we don't believe that we don't belong like we once did because that's not the condition of our belonging. Our behavior is not the condition of our belonging in the body of Christ. The condition of our belonging is the behavior of Jesus Christ on our behalf. You see, when we believe that we have to behave in order to belong, that is fear-based behavior modification. I better get my act straightened up or God's gonna look at me and tell me that I'm not part of his flock. That's not the way the kingdom of heaven operates, Shannon Oaks. We don't behave in order to belong. No, instead of fear-based behavior modification, we're here to talk about identity-based behavior modification. Because you belong, because of who you are, therefore, this is how you behave. Now, I'm going out on a limb here because this is not familiar territory to me, okay? I have only played 
a round of golf one time in my life. But, but, for the sake of connection, trying to be all things to all people, right, like the Apostle Paul encouraged uh, us to do as disciples, I'm gonna try to bridge a gap here that some of you will connect to this morning. I am not, nor have I ever been, nor do I ever intend to be a member of a country club. That's not to knock the country club. I believe we have a beautiful, fantastic country club here in Sulphur Springs, Texas, amen? It is awesome and beautiful in many, many ways. And I have discovered that as a member, that I am not, but some of you are, at the country club, as a member of the country club, there are privileges that you have at your disposal as a member that some member or some people who are not members do not have freely at their disposal. You know what I'm talking about? One of them is this, this pool. Isn't that an awesome pool? I mean, who would have ever thought that you know, putting the lawn chair in the water would be a good idea, right? But it's awesome. You get to, to lounge and cool off in the water at the same time. You know, there is something at the pool, at the country club, that some people in the easy, offended world that we live in today perceive as a restriction. You ready for this? Now listen, I, I'm not here to point a finger, I'm just here to, to state the facts, right? At the pool, in the, at the country club, there is something that's posted and it says, no diving in the shallow end. I apologize if I offended anybody this morning. Not at all my intent. No diving in the shallow end. Now, we laugh about that because it seems a little bit silly, right? But think about this for a minute. The reason that that statement is plastered at the pool at the country club is for your protection and your enjoyment. You see, the country club, knowing that people want to be a part of it, has these boundaries that are established, not in the way to restrict you from something that is great and glorious, right? Like everybody needs to rush off and dive in the shallow end of the pool. No. It's there for your protection so that you can experience the fullness of that experience that is good, not just for you, but for everyone in the environment, and if it's true of the country club, can I ask you, Shannon Oaks Church, how much more true should this be of the body of Christ? Did you know that in the New Testament and throughout the pages of Scripture, there are more than 50 boundaries that are expressed to the body of Christ, not to keep us from something that only VIPs should experience, but because we are VIPs, this is, these are the parameters on which we are to experience them most fully, amen? Though, though there are commands throughout the scriptures that we identify as the one another's, there are boundaries for the best experience in the body of Christ and for all involved. And, and I wanna tell you as a disclaimer that somebody may be here this morning who is not part of the body of Christ. Listen, we're not here to point a finger at you or condemn you or judge you. We're here to love you and we're here to offer to you the reality that what we're about to talk about, not just this morning, but for the next few weeks, these boundaries of belonging to the body of Christ are great boundaries in any relationship. You don't believe me? Put it to the test. 
and I promise you that God will back up his word. These, these commands and these boundaries are all aimed at unity and the best experience for the body. And let's look at James chapter five this morning as we begin this journey. I wanna read verses seven through nine together. James chapter five, verse seven through nine. It says, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. This morning, as we engage this conversation, a message entitled Belonging with Boundaries, I wanna begin by looking at this, uh, this boundary of belonging together in the way of something that we can easily remove from the enemy's arsenal through which he longs to bring uh, death and destruction, division among God's people. If we can effectively uh, survey what the enemy is trying to do, then we can effectively remove that tool from his toolkit and we can experience a life that is more full and more complete, that is part of our destiny as in, in the body of Christ, amen? And so this morning as we engage this conversation, I wanna talk this morning about not grumbling about each other, grumbling about each other. Now here's, not everybody understands what grumbling is. I wanna give you a definition that's threefold in the way of grumbling because I believe it's, in, it's important and necessary in order for us to understand most clearly how to identify what the scripture is talking about. Grumbling is an expression that is in response to God and not our circumstances. We need to understand that clearly this morning, that the complaining and the grumbling that surfaces in and through our lives is a response to God, not to our circumstances. And here's how I know that. It's because the Apostle Paul has testified and you and I have the freedom and the invitation to experience that in any circumstance and situation we have everything we need to be complacent, to be content, to be full, and to find joy and satisfaction, amen? The psalmist talks about it in Psalm chapter 139 where um, in the depths of the deepest places, God, you were there. There is nowhere that I can go beyond your reach and your presence. And you know what that tells us? That there is nothing that we can experience or endure in this life where our source of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is out of our reach. He is there with us. Grumbling is an expression in response to God, not our circumstances, that is rooted in pride. When we grumble and complain, there is something within us that is expressing that we believe our plan is more sovereign than God's plan. 
that whatever it is that is the, the target and our focus and our grumbling and complaining, that we believe that we must say something about it in such a way that if we don't say it, God's not gonna come through with it and, and we're more sovereign and we need to express our opinion in that area. It's rooted in pride, but it's also rooted in fear. Grumbling is an expression in response to God, not our circumstances that's rooted in fear because it communicates that God needs us to speak up if things are gonna stand a chance at being healthy and holy for anyone. See, God has given us the, the boundary here not just to not dive in the shallow end, but don't grumble and complain against your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ because you're opening the door to pride and to fear, but, but grumbling is also an expression in response to God and not our circumstances that's rooted in forgetfulness. Forgetfulness of what God has done and what he is doing among us. And when we forget who God is, what he has brought us through, and where he is leading us along the way together, it's amazing that when our focus is off, our feelers are inadequate among the relationships among the body of Christ. You know, there's a great story in the Old Testament that puts this so beautifully. When God had, had, had heard the cries, Scripture says he hears the cries of his people, the nation of Israel, who are currently in the, uh, the context of slavery in the nation of Egypt. He hears the cries, and he calls out a leader, and he raises them up to deliver them in a miraculous way to lead them beyond the grip of a dictator ruler and to lead them through the dry bed of a complete water-bound sea and lead them on a trajectory into the place and the destination that he has created just for them. As, as these people experienced firsthand God's miraculous powerful deliverance in their lives. They did celebrate and praise his name, but it was just a short time before those same people began to look around at their circumstances and think, you know what? We deserve better than this. Where is this all we have to eat? Is this all the provision that we have to hang on to? Are we ever gonna get there? Are we there yet, right? There is a beautiful story, an account in the Old Testament that walks us through the reality that grumbling and complaining in response to God and not our circumstances is rooted in forgetfulness. It's spiritual amnesia, if you will. Where's the dinner Honey, are you gonna change that stinky diaper or am I gonna have to do that? What's the sticky stuff on this chair? Is that all you got done today while I was gone? Are you sure that this is what's best for everybody involved? Because there's something swelling up in me. Wait, no elbows here. No, I, don't, I don't need anybody nudging their neighbor or spouse or anything. There's something swelling up in me that says that's not the way it needs to be. And so we express that 
ultimately in response to God and not our circumstances. You know how I know that? Because in the middle of the most crazy, chaotic, overwhelming circumstances, because my God is there, I have experienced firsthand peace in the storm to the degree that, that I can stay focused on the big picture that is before us, where we've been, what we've come through, and where we're going, so that I acknowledge in wisdom and experience that that thing right there isn't even worth my attention. It isn't even worth the expression of grumbling and complaining from my heart because I don't wanna open the door to pride. I don't wanna give room for fear. I don't wanna lose sight of the things that God has done in and through us and among us that gives way to grumbling and some of us, in the context of, of a body and how it grows and matures, some of us in our grumbling and complaining have forgotten completely what adolescent years are like, amen? Because we feel like that we should be growing and maturing together. Well, can, can I just go back just a few years to adolescence and, and acknowledge just, students, it, it's okay, I'm not, I'm not pointing a finger out. We're all connecting together that some of us had some really big feet in our adolescent years before the rest of our body caught up, right? And, and that nose, like it, it just decided to grow way ahead of the curve, right? And other body parts that just begin to, to mature at a different pace, but, but knowing that, that we're all on the same journey together, that, it, that one body part didn't start complaining, well, ain't you gonna catch up, kneecaps? <laughs> Where are you at, elbows? Some of us have forgotten what the adolescent years were like. And as the body of Christ, Shannon Oaks, we must remember that we embrace development over distraction. We embrace development over distraction because we don't all mature at the same pace. And somebody is behind us and somebody's in front of us going at their own pace and, and following that path of maturity and the pace that they're going on because it's different than the pace that we're on, it seems like it's a little out of whack. It seems like it's a little problematic to me but if we can remember and recenter on the reality that we embrace development, that we're all going in a direction that we haven't fully arrived yet, and that as Ephesians 4 talks about, that, that God has created us as a body, we each with their own gift, so that we can reach the fullness of faith and experience maturity in Jesus Christ when that time has come fully. But let me let you in on something, church. We will never experience it fully until Christ has fully come back to bring us home, amen? The fullness is found in him, not in us. Christ is the head of this body. We've talked about that. And the last time I checked, the mouth is part of the head. 
And I, I believe that as he is the head and that the mouth is part of the head, that, that as his body, his voice is the only voice that deserves to speak things over the rest of the body. You know, if I walk up to you having your body there and, and me and my body here, I walk up to you, I, there's nothing that I can tell you, John, about your body that you don't already know in the way of, of, of its nature and the way that it exists in your entire being. I can't walk up to you and say, hey, John, your knee's hurting you. Or, hey, hey, John, that knee's not, that's not the way it's supposed You're gonna respond back to me, well, dadgum, I know that. <laughs> right? Won't you come pray over this and speak life over it and let's see what our healer and restorer can bring about among us. What does James say in James chapter five, verse seven through nine? He says, patiently wait, eagerly look for the value and take courage. As the body seeking to belong, can I encourage you this morning, Shannon Oaks Church, that grumbling has no place among us as his body. Complaining has no place among us as his body. If you foster what festers, disease is inevitable. And if Christ himself is the head of this body, then I would think that the entire environment of his body would be one of healing and restoration and life and not death and division, amen? So I'm encouraging you this morning in your communication with one another to think twice. To think twice about your brothers and your sisters in this body. First, acknowledge the thought that comes to you. Now listen, that can be in the flesh or it can be in the spirit. But think once that thought. But follow the command of scripture to take every thought captive to Christ and then let him decide what that second thought needs to be. Think twice about your complaining and your grumbling among the body of Christ. It's not what you were made for and it's not who we were made to be. What's the big deal about complaining and grumbling? Don't I have a right for my voice to be heard? Well, I can tell you that grumbles tend to rumble and waves tend to pound. And I can look at the world around us, church, and I can see that there are enough waves that are external to this body that we don't need to create them ourselves, amen? We don't need a bunch of body parts that are, that are out there to get the other parts of this body. We need to hold tight and fast to each other. We need to encourage and build one another up. And we need to think twice about how we connect and, and the relationships that we have and embrace development over distraction. There is nothing that fires me up as a person, as a redheaded person. Well, it used to be a redheaded person. <laughs> Than when someone, especially my kids, disrespect my bride. Nothing fires me up more than that. Because I love her, I have sacrificed for her, I have provided for her, and though I am imperfect as her partner, we are one. And when something comes against her, it comes against me. 
Shannon Oaks Church, you are the bride of Christ. Do not, do not speak death, division, and destruction among the body of Christ. Because you belong, this is how you behave. Belonging transforms your behavior. Your presence in the body of Christ was designed to perpetuate change in your life, was designed to bring transformation consistently in your journey, in your presence, because as we get there together, there is something that is life and good within each of us that is worth seeing, it's worth finding, and it is worth holding on to as we arrive in the fullness of maturity in the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, I don't know where your heart is, but the Bible tells us, Jesus said himself, that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, well complaining and grumbling come out of the mouth, and therefore, because it, it, it comes out of the mouth, it must be rooted in the heart. And I'm convinced that somewhere in someone this morning that we need to present ourselves in a posture of surrender and humility as we take courage, as we uh, assume the patience that comes from our Lord and then we seek to find the value in each and every one of our family members of Shannon Oaks Church in the body of Christ. And that we allow the healer and the restorer himself to conduct heart surgery in us, to carve away the, the places that produce fear instead of peace, to, to, to extract the places that, that, that pride has a stronghold instead of humility and love for your brother or sister. That in our hearts, that, that somewhere in the corners and the recesses of our hearts, the, the monumental things that the Lord has done in and through our lives have not been placed in their proper position so that we are reminded consistently of who he is, what he has done, and what his plans are in the future. And if we can just come together before our Lord and Father this morning and give the head the permission to be the head as we surrender in his presence this morning. I'm convinced that the unity that we will experience through this journey together will be greater than anything we've ever known before. Because I can tell you, there is a tendency in our flesh to grumble and complain, but it's from our broken hearts that we embody. And the Lord has come to bring us a new heart to restore to us the joy of our salvation. Would you welcome that into your heart this morning, into the heart of this body of Shannon Oaks Church today? What's he stirring in you this morning that needs attention in his truth and in his presence this morning? Maybe there's some one that you've been harboring something 
um, that, that is festering inside of you and in other relationships. Maybe you need to bring that darkness into the light. Maybe you need to just come before the Lord and, and just ask him to, to just illuminate for you what that area of your heart is that he wants to give attention to today. Whatever that is, maybe the Lord has brought you here this morning with something else that's, that's weighing on your heart and you can't even get through to the conversation we had together about grumbling and complaining because you're feeling the weight and the pressure of something else in your life right now. Another relationship, a diagnosis from a doctor, a financial mountain that's before you, something that, that is in your circumstances that you are living and breathing right now that is keeping you from becoming who God has created you to be. Let me tell you something. There is no better place and to be in the presence of a father who created the mountains, who can take what's broken and restore it, who has the cattle on a thousand hills and it's nothing for him to provide what you think can't be provided for. What is it for you this morning? I'm gonna ask that you would stand to your feet this morning as I pray for you. Our ministry team is gonna be here at the front in the back of this room. If you need prayer, if you need ministry for anything in your life this morning, please respond in the presence of a father who loves you and people who are going to speak his life over you. Heavenly Father, thank you that your plan is perfect. Your design is pure. And God, you have placed us in the family, in your body, to move us toward maturity. Father, I pray that you would just give us conviction and repentance this morning. Father, I bind in the power and your authority every spirit of complaining and grumbling in this place, in our hearts. And Father, in that place, I release love and peace and commemoration, Father, for what you've done and who you are so that, God, our eyes are not fixed on our circumstances. They are fixed on the author of our circumstances, that is you. Father, I pray that in the realm of faith this morning that you would move mountains. Father, I pray that in the realm of faith, God, that you would build bridges. Father, that you would hold us together and your life would overflow in your presence.